Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. Welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchful News. It's Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got news from Kevin McCarthy and changes he might make to members of Congress trading stocks. Number two, President Joe Biden heads to Georgia, and we've got the deets on who's coming with him. And number three, what may be possible on voting rights. All right, Jake, let's get into the number one story of the morning. We have some news from Kevin McCarthy as he is looking towards House Republicans taking the majority and in particular what he may or may not do when it comes to members trading stock. Yeah, so... um I would say this has been an issue, Anna, for as long as you and I have been reporting on Congress uh, quite clearly. Um, Members of Congress are permitted to trade in stocks. They have certain disclosure requirements, but they are permitted almost in an unfettered manner to to trade in stocks and equities. They just now they have to disclose it soon after their trades. But House uh, Minority Leader and they're Kevin not McCarthy, supposed to, and they're not and they're not supposed to use this for use any of their inside information to to make those decisions, right? They are not, um, which which mirrors laws generally for Americans, right? If you have inside information, you're <laughs> not allowed to trade stocks; it's illegal. Um, but the Stock Act, which was passed, I believe, in 2014, I can check that. Um, indicates that uh, members of Congress can't use inside information. And sorry, that was passed in the 112th Congress, 2011-2012, signed by into law 2012. That was Instant an Eric fact Can- checking here on the Daily Punch. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Eric Canner uh, was behind the Stock Act. Eric Canner, who's now not in Congress. But anyhow, point is... Um, you know, so anyway, they the, the Stock Act was meant to prevent this, but there's still been a ton of scandals around members of Congress trading stocks, especially around the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, members of Congress get inside information, right? I mean, they get sent, they get briefings, they get closed briefings, they get, le- they are, they write legislation. <laughs> I mean, so McCarthy is considering new bans on trading stocks for members of Congress trading stocks. Uh, and holding stocks, he hasn't made any decisions yet. But McCarthy clearly knows this is a um, this is a a a good issue for him, quite clearly, um, and a good issue for Republicans to be behind. I mean, I know John Ossoff in the Senate has a bill. I mean, it would appear to be this is probably like a ninety percent issue. And um, if you ask, if you poll Americans, should members of Congress be able, you know, members of Congress who get inside information be able to trade stocks? I'd have to imagine that like ninety percent of Americans say. Nah, that's probably a bad idea. What do you think? I idea a hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's probably pretty popular. But and also, on. just one other detail here, Anna. Like you and I were around in twenty ten when Republicans took the majority. Two thousand six when Democrats took the majority. There's always a clean up Congress element to a party winning back the majority. Like that's just always part of a, uh, an election season message. Um, and, you know, in 2018, you didn't really need a clean up Congress message because people just were were kind of sick of Donald Trump when when Democrats took the majority. But there's always that kind of that kind of message. And I think McCarthy here is trying to trying to grab hold of that. And I don't know, it seems it, it seems like um it's tough to implement, right? It's tough to do this because members of Congress hold tons of stocks. So McCarthy, what is he going to do? Make them sell stocks and get into mutual funds? The details of this are going to be tricky, but um, 
got this is a this seems to be a no brainer for uh, a leader to get behind. It's certainly a good talking point, but I agree with you. I actually think that the details, the devil in in all these things are are the details. So you're saying, you know, most members of Congress are oftentimes it's called, you know, the millionaires club. So they often hold individual stocks and not just mutual funds. Is it a blind trust? I mean, there's been a lot of different scenarios about what would be the best way forward. And oftentimes, even those that have blind trusts get into issues um, as, as well. So it's certainly... Something that I, I think kind of the populist, you know, sense of the Republican Party right now, certainly where kind of Americans feel like their leaders aren't always on the up and up. This could help with that sentiment. But um, whether or not it actually comes to fruition, I think, is a big if, not a when at this point. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. President Joe Biden heading to Georgia. Uh, This has been a big speech that we've been talking about for the past couple of days, uh, coming straight off of his fiery speech in the Capitol on the anniversary of January 6th. The president is now heading to Georgia to talk about a key issue for Democrats, voting rights, despite the fact uh, that much of what he's expected to probably talk about isn't going to actually become law. No, uh, voting rights is not going to become law as Democrats envision it. Joe Manchin, a supporter of the filibuster, is, um, you know, he's he's a supporter of the filibuster. He's not going to get rid of the 60 vote threshold. He is not going to change the Senate rules without um, without uh, Republican support. He says he's not going nuclear, so to speak. But, I mean, I don't know, Anna. I think this is probably something Biden has to do. He's been getting a lot of flack in recent uh, months about um, about not leaning in hard enough on on voting on a voting overhaul, an election overhaul. So listen, that's a this is him doing what his base wants and doing. I don't know. And I think I don't think he has a choice here. Right. Do you? I mean, he's got to. He's got to lean in here if he wants a chance of getting something done. I, again, I don't think this is going to get done. But what choice does he have? Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I think his agenda is stalled in Washington. I feel like I'm a kind of broken record on this, right? And so he's, you know, moving to play that outside game, um, something, you know, that he has been pretty successful at when he goes out into the country. He likes to, to kind of do that. Um, I also think he has been pretty effective at using the trappings of the White House to engender himself with members of Congress, whether that actually you know comes to a deal or makes a big difference. You know, this isn't like bringing Republicans and, and Democrats to the White House for a coffee to talk about things like he's done in the past when it comes to COVID relief and other things. But they are using Air Force One and Air Force Two um, to transport several members of Congress, um, you know, including Senator Raphael. Warnock, uh, Representatives Nakima Williams, Sandy Bishop, Lucy McBath, Carolyn Boudreau, Hank Johnson, and Lisa Blunt Rochester, as well as the former mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, are all going to be traveling with Biden, which I always think is interesting because as a publication that charts power people in politics, you know, when you, you're a member of Congress and you have that kind of alone time or direct contact with the president, that 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 means something, you know, ultimately, don't you think? 
Oh, for sure it does. The The only weakness here is that these people aren't the problem on this legislation. <laughs> uh, you know, he should, he, I don't know if he has a chance to just like, if he has an upcoming trip to like Singapore to get to speak to Joe Manchin, <laughs> he needs all that. He needs all the that's time. A, that that's he a plane ride I get. would want to be on. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not sure if a 747 can reach Singapore, but anyway, not the point. Um, you know, but listen, he's bringing down a ton of members. A bunch of CBC members are going down with him, including the chair of the CBC, Joyce Beatty, Terry Sewell of Alabama, John Sarbanes of Maryland, Alex Padilla of California, Jeff Merkley of Oregon, and Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota are all getting down on Air Force Two with Harris. The two groups are kind of swapping on the way home, which is uh, uh, a nice dynamic for uh, those who might want to hang out with the other person, with uh, the people going down with Biden or then going back with Harris, blah, blah, blah. Bunch of civil rights leaders are heading down, including Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, Mark Morial, uh, uh, Maria Teresa Kumar um, for the speech. So it's very clear that um, that uh, Biden is, is pulling out all the stops here. Um, this is in John Lewis's former district in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and Lewis, a big, big, big supporter of obviously of a voting overhaul. Um, but again, we are, uh, you know, I remain skeptical that this is going to become law. And that takes us into our third topic of the day. Anna, take it away. <laughs> there you go. Wow, it's like we planned it. Um, the number three story of the morning. Okay, so we are saying. Not as going to happen with Joe Biden's effort to overhaul voting rights. But let's talk about what is going to happen. There actually is real action on voting rights. And it's always interesting when you start to get Republicans and Democrats together. Um, we saw this with it, uh, in a large way when it came to the bipartisan infrastructure um, bill that became law, where you had these kind of odd bedfellows get together and start to try to work the will of the Senate. And Right now, with Democrats voting bill not going anywhere, we do have this group of lawmakers that are eyeing this more kind of expansive package than we originally thought. So that's Susan Collins, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, Tom Tillis, Mitt Romney, Gene Sheehan, and Roger Wicker. And they're talking about a lot of things, Jake. They are. We they, So they were talking about changes to the Electoral Count Act of 1887. That is the law that governs uh, how Congress... Uh, certifies the election, how Congress certifies the, um, the uh, you know, in the Capitol, the vice president's role, how many states are needed to, how many people are needed to challenge results in a state, et cetera, et cetera. That is a, you know, that is something that would have bipartisan support. There's no doubt about that. But I, I spoke to Susan Collins on yesterday, which is Monday, and about this, and she said we have a broad menu of issues we're taking a look at. One would be re the reauthorization of the Election Assistance Commission, which administers the Help America Votes Vote Ant Grax. Sorry, which helps administer the Help America Vote Act grant. Say that three times fast. And looking at the allowable uses for those, another issue that Collins told us she's looking at is how they could protect election officials from harassment. Now, this is, of course, way more modest than uh, what Democrats are proposing, but it, it does have a chance of becoming law. Mitch McConnell is broadly supportive of this effort. Um, it's not going to happen until Democrats fail. They're not um, 
you know, they're not trying to trade here, but this is an effort that, who knows? I mean, absent a big effort, absent this massive voting rights effort, could they get something done on these issues? You know, they could, um, but we'll have to see what the, what the, um, you know, legislating, as we always say, is the art of the doable, right? We have to see what the leadership, what the Democratic leadership is willing to do. Um, and the voting rights effort needs, the Democrats' voting, right, voting rights effort needs to fail before they get onto this bipartisan effort. Yeah, I think the question is ultimately becomes, obviously, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has kind of thrown cold water on this. He wants to kind of push this larger package. But the question is, like, are Democrats willing to kind of take half a loaf on this? If it's probably even they would say much less than that, because it's a very, very, very. Oh, narrow- this is like a this is a crumb of a loaf compared to compared to the overall effort. But, you know, but listen, I think the bigger question, I mean, is I, I think not only that, are they willing to because of the substance of it, but of the politics, are they willing to to take a very, very modest you know, kind of bill so that Republicans can run and say, listen, like we did stuff on voting rights, actually. You know, I think that I think the political calculus here is something that is going to be very important to watch because, yes, it's substance, but it's also going into the 2022 midterms. This is going to be a huge base issue for Democrats. And um, does it take some of the the potency of it out if they make somewhat of a, you know, a very small deal with Republicans? I think that's something that we're going to have to watch play out. That's right. And I just I think that all in all, if you if they want to get something done, here's an option to get it done. But listen, it's it's embarrassing for Schumer that they are moving to this before Schumer even has a chance to to kind of run out the string on his on his option. But again, his option doesn't have doesn't really have legs. All right. Before I let you go, we just want to say we are growing. In the first year, we doubled the size of our team, and now we are hiring for three roles. Love to flag them for you here. If you are interested or you know somebody who might be a perfect fit, please tell them about these jobs. We are hiring a lead engineer, a person to lead all technical efforts for Punchbowl News, including our brand new website, an events producer, lead all efforts around event planning, strategy, and execution. We do a ton of events. We actually have one uh, coming up with Senator Todd Young. We'd love to welcome someone to the team to help us with our growing events business, as well as a managing editor of special projects. That person would lead all efforts around existing and future special projects like the Canvas, the Bounce Back, and the Workforce. So you can check out all of our job postings on LinkedIn. And with that, Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.